Hello, and you're very welcome along to a special edition of the ExtraTime.com podcast as we're looking ahead to a historic game tomorrow as Ireland prepare to make their World Cup debut at the Women's World Cup. They take on Australia in Australia uh, tomorrow. Even we're recording this on Wednesday night for the game. It's Donald Ryan here with you, and I have Aoife Mullen alongside me. Aoife, how are you? I'm good, Donald. I'm good. As you say, it's a great occasion. History is being made and it's World Cup final. Fi- oh. It's World Cup Eve. <laughs> World Cup Eve. Not quite the World Cup final, but the World Cup finals, I suppose. And a fantastic achievement of the Irish team to get there at all in the first place. Yeah, it, it was an amazing achievement. And it's only, I suppose, in the build up now when we're listening back to players from previous generations, players from the 70s, speaking about their experiences and how proud they feel. Because I know Vera. Pau has mentioned it many times and the players themselves have spoken about how they're standing on the shoulders of those who who went before. So it, it feels like, you know, eventually we're here and it, we've been near, nearly here so many times. And it's just great that we're now at this point where it's the night before. It's kind of got that Christmas Eve feeling for many people and the bunting is up, the flags are up, which is which is great to see. I know there's been a bit of coverage around maybe the the lack of jerseys and people maybe pointing out that there could have been more but you know hopefully we kind of have to just embrace all the positivity and harness all the positive attitude and I think there's plenty of that out there Um, and for the young children like we we saw in the preparation to the World Cup and the farewell games in Tala the crowds that were there you know breaking records because this team have really captured the imagination of young children and their parents and grandparents I suppose like all generations but just to see young children so excited is is great and I suppose the fact that it's school holidays is a bonus <laughs> um, for the children because well you're too young but I remember 1994 and I remember slightly 1990 because I was just a toddler at that point um, but that was my first taste of a big tournament and of football and getting into the Irish team so I remember the excitement that was around that um, and then I suppose 2002 that bit older and I was doing exams at that time so wasn't fully able to enjoy it but I think the whole excitement and even the the time difference in Australia getting up that little bit earlier maybe having your special breakfast breakfast I know there's watch parties and stuff going on across the country which is really really lovely to see so it's um, it is a bit of history being made and I suppose um, just thinking about the the parties and people changing their schedules around to make sure that they're in their living rooms on time. I thought it was lovely to hear on the radio today and reading a few articles that the parish priest in Milford, where Amber Barrett is from, has um, changed the mass times tomorrow to make sure that people can go to the daily mass and also be back in time. So it's the most Irish thing I've ever heard, but I love it. And I think um, we look ahead at the game, but... I think Ireland will need a few prayers and a bit of divine inspiration um, if they are to get a good result tomorrow. But, you know, we have to be positive, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on there when you say we do have to be positive. Um, the, just before we touch on we touch on the game itself, Aoife, like the ripple effect of this can't be underestimated either. I mean, it's great to see the League of Ireland having two representatives in the squad in Abby Larkin and Anya O'Gorman as well. And even looking at women's Premier Division games, in Ireland, you can see like crowd like since the um, since the World Cup, sorry, since Ireland qualified for the World Cup, I should say, 
Um, you know, there's been a lot more uptake of interest in the league, the women's league here, and even with the introduction of the the All Ireland Cup as well. The final of that is coming up this weekend in the showgrounds, and the interest around that. I mean, it's starting to it's getting bigger and bigger week on week. Definitely, Donald. Yes, it, it is growing, and it's just, I suppose, as you say, maybe the qualification and the the fact that Ireland managed to finally qualify that was maybe the catalyst for this latest I suppose surge because it's been there but as you say we can really see that you know the visibility is key and I think once the the younger generation see that and at home and that desire to go to games like I remember myself when as a Dundalk fan going to school getting tickets I think I was in senior infants when I got my first tickets but coming home asking can I go to the game and then maybe dragging my daddy along but getting him involved as well so it's it becomes a kind of a family affair and even when we see the pictures and the footage at the end of matches where the girls on the team just make time for all of their fans and that can't be underestimated either because people appreciate that they buy into it and as you say we've seen that and we've seen the evidence and, and the fruits of that then in in League of Ireland which is fantastic and even you know ourselves in extra time to, to see that interest um, and to be able to, to feature so much coverage of, of the women's um, league is, is, is incredible and motivating for a lot of people. And as you say, Anya and Abby there flying the flag is, is fantastic. The squad, the Ireland squad touched down in Sydney this morning to a huge welcome. Plenty of Ireland fans waiting there at the airport to meet them. And with the amount of Irish people in Australia at the moment as well, there's a real sense that Ireland probably can achieve something, whether the, the odds probably aren't in their favour, given the strength of Australia and, of course, Canada in the group as well. But there's really, like, people are really starting to believe now. Yeah, the hashtag I believe, isn't it? It's been going around for, for a while, but but now we're really kind of getting into that place where we, we have to, as you say, and as I mentioned before, have that positivity and have that sense of belief because the girls no doubt do. Um, and I think over the last couple of days, there's been uncertainty about Lisa Sullivan and whatnot and I think that's really given them a boost you know the good news in that regard has really given them a boost so you can kind of see that but as you said in Australia it's probably home from home because I think everybody in Ireland at least knows somebody who's in Australia or knows of somebody there so hopefully those with Irish roots will be donning the green and and cheering for the the girls in green because um, there is as you say such an Irish community out there and by all accounts, looking at the, the footage of when they landed in Sydney, it really felt like they got such a welcome. And I know Vera and Katie both spoke about that in the press conference um, and they were bowled over by that. I think that they said that they'd heard about it and that um, people had mentioned the support that would be there. But to actually see it and to, to feel it is probably going to give them such a boost because, as you say, the odds are kind of stacked against them. It's a difficult group try to call the group of death um so challenging but you can't underestimate that support and i think if we think back to giant stadium and the sea of green like how that will will motivate ireland and the fact i suppose as well that maybe they're playing that there's not as much pressure and expectation on them you know conversely australia are the home side carrying a lot of expectation on their shoulders but you know ireland can just go out there without being overburdened by that pressure and you know and play with with confidence um, and I'm sure that's what Vera Pau and the, the management team have, have been saying so and we've 
we've no doubt that they will because that's just I suppose the way they've carried themselves you know they've they've shown such resilience um and, and bravery and just a real positive outlook all the, all of the time so hopefully that will um be to our advantage yeah, for sure. And with 80,000 people set to attend this match tomorrow, it's a sellout for the opening game of the World Cup. Of course, it's kicking off at 11 a.m. Irish time. I know I'll be trying to do my best to keep an eye on it. Um, but as I said, 80,000 people attending this match tomorrow. Do you think that will put more pressure on Ireland, given that a lot of the players, if like well, all of the players, I suppose, wouldn't have played in that kind of atmosphere before with crowds or in front of crowds as big? as that or will it put more pressure on Australia given that they're the hosts and they, they will be expected to beat Ireland certainly in Australia anyway and um, do you think that the the weight of the, that the crowd will carry will put more pressure on Ireland or on Australia? Um, what do I think? Well I think if I'm looking through my green tinted glasses I'll go with the latter. I'll hope that it'll put extra pressure on Australia um, because you know the Matildas have as I said, a lot of expectation on their shoulders. They're really expected by their fans uh, to progress. You know, there's talk of them being finalists and all, all of that. So we'd be hoping from an Irish perspective that that will kind of put them under pressure. And I suppose, but we can't underestimate how it'll feel for for the Irish squad, um, for the for the players when they step out on that pitch. Because looking at pictures that journalists have sent or you know or tweeted and I know our own Luke is, is down under and he'll be keeping us updated um but it really is so impressive to see the stadium in in Sydney but that's it you know kind of empty so tomorrow it's going to be a different story altogether and you know thinking of like the All-Ireland Hurling final on and, and Crow Park full to the brim so when you think of the noise that's generated there the atmosphere in a a stadium where there's that many people but for them you know the professional footballers and they're they're going to be um prepared for this to some extent although I can't I can imagine like it's going to be so awesome for them and that they will be overcome by with all when they do step out there initially and no doubt there'll be kind of tension at the beginning um and nerves because it's only natural that there will be but you know hopefully when they, they see the support that is out there for them that they and they settle into the game you know if they can manage to just keep their cool for the first hopefully 20 minutes of the game um, and hopefully grow into it that that won't be won't put them off we'll say but it, it's hard to know isn't it at this point what do you think yeah it is tough it is tough but like given the like you, you touched on previous World Cup tournaments 1994 1990 and as you said slightly before my time now but the fans have always played their part I mean even if you look back to the most recent tournament that the Irish men's team were in at Euro 2016 I mean the fans certainly played their part in that I always remember Robbie Brady running over to his family after he scored against Italy and then um, the amount like we touched on it as well with the amount of Irish people that are in Australia at the moment even if you're even if they're not at even if they won't be at the game tomorrow and um, the fact that there's so much support in Australia for Ireland already I think it'll it'll go a certain way it'll certainly carry the team a certain uh, distance, but I do think there will be pressure on Australia as well. How and I'm not too sure how how well they'll be able to handle it. I mean, their their team is very strong and very impressive. I mean, one of the best forwards in the women's game in Sam Kerr. She'll be leading the line, and no doubt she'll be hungry for a couple of goals tomorrow. So if they can play up to that big crowd, um, it just it it really depends. But I I don't think um it'll I like as you said it'll uh, 
Ireland will be under a bit of pressure and it will be awesome and it will be quite overwhelming for the first couple of minutes once they step out in front of such a massive crowd. I mean, 80,000 people is nothing to be, nothing to be sniffed at. But um, I don't think it'll. I don't think Ireland will crumble as easily as people are expecting them to. To be honest, no, I don't think so. I think, like as mentioned already, they've they've shown that resilience, and the, you know they are strong characters. So, I I don't think they will. I imagine that, um, as you say, it'll take a little while at the beginning, and they'll soak it up. But that they will use it to their advantage, as as previous teams have done, as as you said. And you know they, being Irish, we we kind of. We like being the underdog, really, don't we? That that suits us. So, uh, and Katie McCabe said that herself. So, I'm kind of thinking that again, we'll we'll just use that as motivation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, this like the underdog tag suits Ireland. I mean, they usually play their best football when nobody gives them a hope. So, hopefully, it'll be more of the same tomorrow. I suppose. Looking at the team news as well, Aoife, the big news is that Denise O'Sullivan will be fit and she will start tomorrow evening. Yeah, that's like that's the huge thing, isn't it? And we have to say there were a couple of sleepless nights over the last uh, week or so, or you know, since Friday. And then when the, the pictures emerged of her in the in the boot, um, uh, protective boot, and we kind of we worried at that point. And then when you heard that she had been taken to hospital again, that was kind of okay. So it must be really serious. So to see her training then on Monday and Tuesday was gave us a lot of hope. And then to have it confirmed today, it really. It's um, I think we've all got kind of breathed a sigh of relief collectively. And I think it was something that you could you could really sense the positivity then when Vera and Katie were speaking. Um, and of course, like they're going to be relieved and happy because she's such a crucial player and she's so important to to the squad. The um the impact that she has, you know, she's she brings that kind of aggression, like she she brings tenacity, but she's got that power and um speed and I suppose just an, an eye for an eye for detail and that cleverness and ability to to read the game like she's she's great on the ball but she's also great off the ball and I think the fact that we're going to have her starting tomorrow is such a big bonus and such a big boost absolutely yeah I mean she's one of the most influential players if not the most influential player in the squad and her importance to the squad can't be underestimated. I mean, she was a star player for Ireland throughout the qualifying campaign as well, and would have been an absolutely huge loss to the squad. If it, and it would have been, it would have just been so unfair on her. I think as well, given all all that she's done for Ireland, like all she's done in the green shirt, and all she's done for promoting football both in Ireland and everywhere she's played, doing a great job in North Carolina at the moment as well. It just would have been beyond unfortunate luck, uh, just a hor- horrific luck on her on her behalf to. Uh, to miss out on what what is historic for Ireland, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people had echoed over the weekend because it was just that sense of disbelief. Like, how could this happen? Because, as you say, she has been so pivotal in the build-up and this was an, was an opportunity for her to to be in that history-making team. And if, if that opportunity was taken away from her at the last minute due to an injury, it would have been heartbreaking. So it's, it's just such a relief that... Um, that we've got to this point and that she's she's uh, she's fit and ready to go and ready to go but definitely she's she's so influential and um so so passionate and there's actually a few lovely articles even, even on her and, and and that's great like when you mentioned earlier on about that ripple effect um and how this team has captured the the public's imagination even in the build up 
um, reading articles and watching documentaries. I know there's a Ross Whitaker one coming up um, tonight to whet the appetite, but it's it's great to see and it's great to to read these articles because that's something that's very important that we're, we're able to know a little bit more about these individuals, these stars as people and, the, you know, that community link. It's something that's very important. So no doubt they're very, um, very excited down in Cork. And I know that Roy Keane was her role model growing up. So um, she's kind of having that Roy Keane influence in the in the centre of the park. And it, it's kind of ironic that she was the one that was a question mark over because it just seems like the Republic of Ireland teams and big tournaments, we can't have a seamless preparation period beforehand there has to be a little bit of controversy but anyway we're at the other end and she's starting that's the main thing yes absolutely she was starting but ho hopefully she doesn't follow Roy Keane's line from 2002 but anyway I've no doubt that she won't um obviously Aoife Denise O'Sullivan and Katie McCabe are kind of earmarked as the two stars of this team but who else for you will be ones to watch throughout the course of the tournament for Ireland yeah, I think, as you say, Katie's been such uh, a leader and she's obviously one of the high profile players as well because she's playing, you know, in Arsenal and it's it's relatively close and we can keep an eye on her and see how good that she's, go she's going. But um, I suppose the the squad there, like there's there's plenty to look out for. And I think that, you know, have Louise Quinn and Eve Fahey and their experience um, is going to be really, really important. Like our defence is going to be crucial. And we mentioned earlier on about the, the opening minutes of the game where there is going to be that, I suppose, sense of of awe oh, and people will be overwhelmed, but that our defence can kind of keep compact and do what they do best will go, is going to be really important. And to have two, you know, leaders and people that are very experienced there is, is going to be huge. Um, I, I suppose like Heather Payne as well, she's, she's attacking minded and, the you know, Katie McCabe on the far side, I think, that's going to be um, important and, and one interesting one to watch because if we look at the comments in the press conference from the Australian point of view, the the manager clearly said that you know they've been watching footage. Of course they have because they're, they're doing their homework in the preparation, but that they've targeted maybe certain weaknesses in the Irish team. So we'd be hoping that because it's so important that we keep our defensive structure and that it's strong uh, in the opening to give us that good chance. I think that maybe. The fact that Heather Payne is is attacking minded and is inclined to to go forward that that'll be something that we're going to have to to watch. But all in all, I think we have a very you know strong squad and even Courtney Brosnan in goals and her confidence and the good performances that she's had. You know, obviously named as as the player of the of the year last year, um, that gives us a boost as well. Um, but I think overall, even on the on the bench, somebody like. Amber Barrett, who brings such energy to, to the side um, and obviously getting that crucial goal in Scotland. She just showed bravery um, and also that belief in herself, which is really important. Back to belief that we mentioned at the start of the podcast, that is crucial that she was able to, to take that on. And, you know, we heard her saying that she had said on the side of the pitch uh, to Vera that if you put me on, I'll score. And that's the attitude that we need that, you know, can do bring me on and then obviously Denise O'Sullivan played a, a crucial role in, in setting that goal up but somebody like Amber who can come off the bench and, and have that impact is something that's going to be important and and also I suppose if we look at um, Abby Larkin and you know somebody young as well so that we have that kind of 
balance of youth and experience because somebody who's who's young and uh, doesn't I suppose have that fear can play with a sense of freedom and that brings a level of excitement I think and it's great to kind of have that that dynamite yeah very important I suppose to have the kind of spring off the bench as well Amber Barrett obviously bringing that kind of strength she'd probably be I don't know I'm not sure if she'd be more in line to start or be used more as an impact sub as we saw in the goal that got us Scotland but for me Kyra Caruso is definitely one to watch for Ireland I mean the last game they played against France although France ultimately had too much to to overpower Ireland and were able to kind of see them off in the second half I thought she was unfortunate to have goals ruled out in a goal ruled out anyway in the first half and you know her pace is going to cause people a lot of problems as well like she, she's an eye for a good finish too so I think she'll definitely be one player that's kind of slipped in under the radar a little bit for Ireland in the build-up to all the all of the um all of the World Cup games and stuff like that um but for me I think she's definitely one to keep an eye on and Megan Connolly as well in the middle of the park I mean alongside Denise O'Sullivan there they could do a bit of damage I think so there'd be two players I'd certainly be keeping an eye on and over the course of the three games anyway yeah I think you're right there but Cruz again you know slipping under the radar maybe um kind of understated but we saw what she can do against France and I suppose the, the French game although the, the result was, was a negative one I think there were plenty of positives in, in that game and from an attacking point of view and from a, a goal scoring point of view Ireland did create a lot of chances there so you know they, they'll be looking at those positives um, and hopefully we'll, we'll have worked on those in, in the intervening period but that you know they, they'll take confidence from that and hopefully go on to, to do good things tomorrow. But definitely the, the threat that Carissa has is something that we hope will, will cause problems for Australia tomorrow and that, you know, other uh, also Canada and Nigeria. Absolutely. And finally, Aoife, just before we wrap up, I'm going to get you to give me a, a quick score prediction for the game tomorrow. Will you go with your heart or will you go with your head, do you think? This is the bit I don't like now. But um, I think I, I can't very well come on and talk about belief and positivity and... Uh, a positive attitude and not try and be positive in my scoring prediction so I'm hoping that if things go go the way that we've talked about here and that if Ireland are able to to keep their cool um for the opening and you know maybe hold out that if we do get a goal if we can like go one nil up and you know maybe come out of this game with a one one draw I would be happy so I'm speaking from my heart hoping that we'll get that 1-1 result maybe. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you that one is go for a draw, go with my heart. I think Ireland will have an unbelievably difficult job in keeping Australia out tomorrow and I can definitely see Australia scoring. Whether Australia can do the same and keep Ireland out or keep even a clean sheet, I'm not too sure about that. I can see Ireland definitely scoring tomorrow provided they don't let the occasion get to them and they're able to keep a level head for the opening stages of the match anyway and once they're able to settle down and get the ball down, and play like they normally play, and um, I could definitely see them grabbing a, hopefully at least one goal. So I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for one one as well. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully, hopefully the two of us saying that is is some sort of good omen. Um, but no, as you say, like we're not underestimating the challenge at all, at all. Um, and the fact that you know Sam Kerr with twelve goals in twelve games, and you know there is that threat there, and you you can't see them going without a goal in this game because you know they've scored twenty six, I think, and they've only conceded five in, in that period so like it's it's going to be a tough task for, for Ireland but I think if um if we can just channel our positivity and use all of that support to our advantage looking at the clips and looking at the tweets and getting very jealous that I'm not down there 
um, lucky Luke. But let's let's hope it's one one. Absolutely, Aoife. Thanks very much for joining us, Stephen. Thanks, Donald. Chat to you soon. Chat to you soon. And don't forget, guys, you can get all of your World Cup content on extratime.com as well. Keep an eye on that and keep an ear out as well for more Women's World Cup related podcasts coming up throughout the course of Ireland's Ireland's day in the tournament. But, But for now, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And of course, come on, Ireland.